Oh, thank you. Hey, everyone. Before we get this episode started, also, <laughs> I wanted to sound like a YouTuber. That's why I started off with, hey, everyone, like, subscribe below. You know how YouTubers are. Okay, but before we get started, I want you to know we are going extra big with the all-star season of Vulnerability Time podcast. So, guess what? We got video podcast. So, click in the episode description below if you wish to watch the video of the podcast as well. It'll be a YouTube link, so you can go ahead and get it going and get watching it. Make sure to follow, like, subscribe below. (laughs) Such a YouTuber, right? Anyways, folks, enjoy the episode. I don't know why I'm laughing. That's okay. Um, ah, folks, it is great to be back for another episode of Vulnerability Time, the all-star season. John is back. Hello. Hey, John. Okay, so I already like had like a mini, um, a mini fangirl with John really quick about his camera. Um, y'all are seeing this, right? Y'all are seeing the just, what? He looks great. The camera looks great. The colors are amazing. It's... Wow, it's like I'm watching like a, I don't know, like a, a sitcom TV show. It's just <laughs> it they probably have much better cameras to use, but I think some of them still might use some of the Sony cameras, and that's actually what I'm using right now. It's a, it's a, a Sony a7 IV, just as a quick oh. tech blurb. That's the camera I normally take around whenever I go and take pictures yeah. that I put on Instagram or whatnot. That's usually my my uh, weapon of choice, pretty much as of now. I still yeah. like to try other kits in the Sony ecosystem, but yeah. I learned the other day that evidently the software is set up in such a way to where you can plug it into a computer and use it as a webcam. So mm-hmm. this is actually the first time I'm trying it, but I'm impressed by it. So I probably will continue to use it when I can. We'll see. Yeah, as you should be impressed by it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So, John, before we get into our topics, which is going to be um honestly you're gonna take the the lead and whatever the <laughs> topics are but at least the topics that um were kind of we like you know kind of threw out there were easy to receive bad hard to receive good mm-hmm. um, the i care what people think and then the right mistake at the right time and then i forgot what the fourth one is we both forgot but i might need to uh, look actually yeah, look. <laughs> let me let me dig for a second yes let me find what While it John was. does that, I'm gonna go ahead and stall. And um, I don't know how to stall, folks, but you know, we're just gonna be here and we're gonna have patience is a virtue, so we're gonna. <laughs> and I think I found that fourth bullet point. I think it was, it's okay to learn and not know all. I think that oh, might be. Oh, yes, support. that yeah. was it. That I had to find it. what it was. I was like, I think that's the one, so we'll go for that. Okay. Bad. Okay, so folks, okay, so we're just gonna go ahead and jump right in. But first, uh, John, uh, oh my god, hi, good to see you again. <laughs> Hello again. It's been so, what, a year since we did this last? Yeah, it's been a year. So, um, when, what, um, not when, so what are you currently doing now for work? You're an instructor, right? No, um, but I am kind of like a project engineer of sorts. Um, of course, I kind of hopped around a little bit. Like, work kind of took me a, different, a couple different places in the last year. It's like I was dabbling into software development again, and then I got asked to try maybe doing something like project engineering, which is kind of more of a helping manage a project, which I liked. 
there were some neat opportunities for work where I got to travel, which I know I had never been to California until I had to go out there. And I did it three times and it was fun. I got to see that, got to meet some of the developers out there in the desert, got to see some cool stuff. And then after a while, I kind of, it's obviously when you're managing a project of a lot of people at a project that I was working on, it's kind of overwhelming sometimes. And so for me, I was like, I probably need to take a break. And so I kind of took a step back and tried to focus on more development again, just to try to help get that back in. But it seems like I might be going back the other direction. I'm not sure yet. Um, So we'll see what it goes, but it's been a very eventful 12 months since we last spoke. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of been more or less what I've done, at least for work purposes. Now, obviously, I still try to keep myself busy outside of work. I mean, you, you've seen some of the stuff that I share, whether it's music or photography. I'm, yeah. It's a creative itch that I have to keep uh, satisfied. And so I, I try yeah. to keep that on board when I can. John, are you going to be in like the South Texas area around like Houston in December? I need my grad photos taken. <laughs> But not we'll see. I'll, I'll definitely be in Southeast Texas, at least um, in December. Um, there's some November is going to be a busy month, obviously, I think, for some other stuff I got planned. But yeah. December, I definitely will be back for at least two weeks. So, yeah, because, yeah, again, you're graduate, you're graduating. Your degree is uh, from what in criminal justice. Yeah, it'll from be Lamar at Lamar. Perfect. OK, that's the best location we can use. Yeah, well, because. <laughs> But I, I do it online. So I currently live in Houston and Austin. I'll gotcha. Alternate. But yeah. That still counts, know. I think. Yes. An you online degree is still a degree from Lamar. So I, that, that counts, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you are in the area, like <laughs> I'll let you know. Area, let <laughs> me know. I, would I will to. gladly do so. I will gladly do so. Yeah, I had it like all planned out and everything. I just remember like after I graduated, I was like, oh, next time I graduate, I'm gonna, I want, I want to do graduate photos like this. Yeah, so I got it all planned there out. You go. Everything was just, just ready, just living my best life. I've never done a Cedar portrait session before, so you'll have to instruct me on how we do that because yeah. it'll be new for me. <laughs> yes. Gosh, teamwork, dream work. Yes, sir. Okay. So, John, out of those um, discussion topics, I'll let you lead. John, what would you like to discuss first? Oh, goodness. Let me think. Where are we going in? We might go in reverse order, I think. Um, I know just because a big event that happened for me, that goes in line, I think, with the right right mistake at the right time. And so I think I can share that – Earlier this year, um, I started looking for a house just for the heck of it, just because I had a couple of friends that they were at a point in their lives where they could start looking for a house. And I know that's often a smart economic decision, just because like, obviously, whenever you procure a house, it's yours. You're not throwing away your money in terms of rent and all this fun jazz. And that's especially prevalent in a market like the Dallas-Fort Worth area, just because a lot of people are moving to Dallas-Fort Worth. And so with that, you're going to... it's a smart financial decision to have an asset that you can appraise that gains value over time with equity, especially with everybody coming in. And so I thought, I think I'll do that. I'll start looking to see. I I still don't want to commit just yet, but I'll do my due diligence and look and kind of explore the process. Um, But that was kind of what it was for most of the first half of the year. But then in about, when was it? I think it was pretty much the last day of June, 
um, there was an offering from a house builder I had not really considered, but there were just a lot of things on paper that sounded really, really good. And so with mm -hmm. that, I was like, man, maybe, maybe I should do it. Um, and, and part of the, part of the incentivizing factor was that there was trying to avoid technicalities here but uh, there was an incentive regarding um covering warranty like a lot of new builds will tend to have a 10-year foundation warranty and of course when you're buying a house you don't have to get a new build but there's just things i like about having a brand new build and so with that there was some stipulation about where that builder was going to be transitioning to a six-year foundation warranty instead of 10 the next day so if i contracted with them that day Mm -hmm. I could move forward with them. And so I said with that and some other factors in terms of what monthly mortgage payments would be and some other stuff, I was like, you know, maybe this could be good. And so yeah. I went ahead and I put earnest money down on the house and I was like, I don't really feel great about it yet, but we're going to press forward with it and see what, how it goes. And right. so as it went on, I still, there were still some communities I was looking at that I kind of wanted to explore. And so for the next two to three, four weeks, pretty much, I really pitted other different builders against that one I was looking at. And then for various reasons, whether the price was out of the range or the builders tried to do a bait and switch on me for to try to force me to sell in some ways, I'll, pretty much everything fell off except for the one that I had initially made the earnest deposit on, which was kind of a relief in a way because it kind of made it less about getting the right property to look at as opposed to do I continue to lease or do I just go ahead and commit to the house. And so at, at this time, just the way the timing worked, I didn't really have a chance to kind of get out of Dallas-Fort Worth and see how other cities around Texas do things when it comes to new build houses. But ultimately what it came down to is that I got really, really close to um, basically the week of closing which is whenever you actually go to the title company you mm -hmm. you make your down payment and you commit to the house pretty much and through that process between the month pretty much from the time that i had made that time when i made the earnest deposit i compared with other houses and i eventually got up right up to the closing point it's like it's now or never it's go or no go on this house I learned a considerable amount about houses and mortgages and, and then a lot of stuff I didn't know before, but also how the quality of things are built. And mm -hmm. that was something that I know whenever I was I basically did virtual tours with some of friends and family as I got their thoughts on the matter, mm -hmm. a lot of them had good things to say about the house I was looking at. There were some concerns that I had that I didn't really feel good about, mm -hmm. and neither did um, some other folks that I knew and trusted. Like my parents, they've owned two at this point, but my dad has been around carpenters a lot, and they had a custom-built house. And so mm -hmm. through that process, he could tell, even over a video call, it's like, okay, that is some messy cord around it. That's some messy mm -hmm. caulking work. That's some messy uh, wood used in some of the construction. And so... Mm -hmm. Between that, I, I didn't really feel like I was in love with the house. It was one of those things where I felt like I had to make it work right. instead of I actively wanted the house. And there are times in my life where sometimes I know I shouldn't trust my gut, but there are times where you should. But ultimately, the way that it went was basically we were down to about three days before I was supposed to close. And there were a lot of things at that house that didn't really seem premium or built correctly, I feel mm -hmm. like. Like there were there were walls and corners that weren't straight. 
or there were countertops that were crooked. And and, yeah. and the the common verbiage in a lot of new builds is that every new build is going to have stuff wrong with it. And that's true, but the stuff that was wrong with it, I feel like I really was not sure about. Like if my apartment, which was built in the middle of COVID, in the middle of a material shortage, in the middle of a labor shortage, was built with straighter lines and nicer furnishings and whatnot, mm -hmm. I feel like the house should be the same thing. And right. so between those things and while they were assuring me, it's like, yeah, we're gonna get those things fixed before you close. During that process, they were making progress. So they were honest about their efforts, which was great. I, I was hoping that they would be. But even still, I just felt like we were three days away from when I was supposed to close. And as much things still had to be fixed and I did not want to commit to something that wasn't fixed, I still didn't really feel comfortable about it. And so with all of that, I decided to withdraw from the property. And so while I lost my earnest money, honestly, that was a consequence I knew and I was willing to accept going into it. But that being said, coming out of that process, I learned a tremendous amount. And honestly, even after I pulled out, I just simply felt relieved. Like I felt like I could stop worrying about houses and mortgages and what the markets would do. I would just get back to living my own life the yeah. way that it was. I could focus on my hobbies. I could focus on studying things. I could focus on work again. Mm -hmm. And that was like a breath of fresh air. And in truth, I'm glad that I did not follow through with committing to that property because I went home about a couple of weeks later and my dad said, Hey, there's a new build community going up in this area of Bridge City, Texas. Let's go look at those. I was like, okay. So we went down there and this is a local builder in the, in the Southeast Texas, Louisiana area. But I saw those houses and frankly, I feel like they were putting a lot of the luxury builders in Dallas Fort Worth to shame in terms of just the way that they handled the work site like it was actually clean. You could walk around, there wasn't like bottles left around and everything like that. The wood that they used when they build the house was not glued together by the teeth, which most builders do nowadays. It was a single unbroken piece of wood, dark color, nicely sanded, no blemishes, if any. The ceilings were a foot higher in every room. The garage and the driveways were about twice as long, generally. And the furnishings, there was brick around the back of the house, a lot of nice furnishings that are pre-furnished, like actually having an island in every floor plan, small to big, mm -hmm. and ceiling fans in every room. And I like the way that it was designed. Now, yeah. again, it's not apples to apples because Dallas-Fort Worth is certainly not Bird City, Texas. But the point stands is that it's like, if I was going to invest that much money in a house, I want to love it. Because a lot of things that I bought in my life were not basically the best choice on paper by specifications. Like if I, like four years ago, whenever I got my, whenever I got the car that I'm driving now, if I had gone off the spec sheet, 40? Would, huh? 40? No, four. Did I say 40? <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not that old yet. I'm sorry. I know, right? It's like I'm sorry. Four years ago, whenever I got my car, I tried a lot of cars in that crossover class. Um, and had I gone off the spec sheet, I would have picked a different vehicle. I just didn't really like the way that they felt. And mm -hmm. so I eventually settled on one make that I really, really liked because it felt good and it performed well and it still was good enough for what I needed to do. And four years later, I still do not regret that decision. Right. And then three years ago, whenever I was searching for apartments for myself, I found this place. 
it's not the biggest apartment you can get for your dollar. It's about 650 square feet. It's not massive, but it still works for me. And three years later, I'm so glad I got that decision. Mm -hmm. I never once felt that way about that house, unfortunately. And mm -hmm. a house is a bigger commitment, especially because it's just at this point in time, it's just me that would be paying for that house. And while it did have a lot of specifications to offer a good area, it was about 1769 square feet, big room. So I could right. really have a lot of space to grow out in that space. But mm -hmm. my thought was, it's like, well, the reality is, for as much as I have that when people come to visit, I really wasn't gonna use that space. And so could I get by another year leasing? Realistically, I could. And I also thought that while I may not need a house like that, there might be a young family or a young couple or, or a single mother and, their, and her kids that are trying to find a place that's got some room to, to live in. And that house has it and the affordability as well. And so mm -hmm. that was a case where it's like, yes, it cost me earnest money, but I learned an awful lot about that process. And I gave somebody else a better property than what they may have been able to find elsewhere. And yeah. they'd have more time to negotiate building defects with the builder. So that's kind of a really long, uh, <laughs> misadventures of John Ellis type scenario, but that is just kind of an illustration of how I made a mistake, a right mistake at the right time, because whenever I try this process again, I can at least say that I know a lot more now than I did um, basically about a month or two ago. Right. Yeah. So basically the right mistake also um, brought the right, um, uh, lessons. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's always kind of hard to internalize because like I know for me, there are some things where I fixate on the fact that it was a mistake and I'm just like, crap, I made a mistake. What's this going to cost me? Yeah. It's like, did I waste time? Did I waste money? And so it, it's hard to see the converse side of that. But mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of how as, as people in general, especially I think for folks like us, yeah. we tend to hyper fixate on the negatives and that's, yeah. we can talk about like, Oh, I'm going to make this change and not thinking like that. But it's, it's a paradigm shift that can, is so ingrained. It's not an overnight shift. It, it takes so much time and patience from yourself and I think other people as well. Mm -hmm. So being in an environment that lets you do that, that really is important depending on where you're at, I feel like. Yeah. Um, that's the advertisement bit right there, John. Okay. <laughs> I gotta write that down. Yeah, please do. Down, I was like, okay. What did I say? I just forgot what I said. <laughs> hey, it was amazement. That's what it was. Thank you. <laughs> okay. 1532 17. Uh, that was a good idea to use a timestamp instead of the, the, the tagline. Yeah, when I undo the advertisement, um, probably like tomorrow, mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna like do like a little sneak peek and post it on my story. Gotcha, um, there you go. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, like the, the Instagram story advertising. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, a little sneak peek before it comes out, and then like I'll do like the actual advertisement when you know the episode's about to be released. But gotcha. People, something to look forward to. Yeah, John. Yeah. What? That was just fun. John, you just do you guess speak a lot? I don't. <laughs> Untrue. I mean, I I do sometimes. We'll do 
really in terms of speaking, the only thing that I do actually is I just do um, audio sample recordings for the Lamar marching band, to tell you the truth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's like I'm announced. It's like I'm an announcer of sorts, but not. Um, but okay. part of it is because I think um, in 2015, um, that was after my first year at Lamar. Um, that's when Dr. Shannon, who's still the director of athletic bands at Lamar, he and I kind of started talking about ways that we can kind of up the advertising game and the, and the digital presence of the marching band at Lamar. And one of the things that we kind of came across was um, obviously they had the scoreboard at Lamar, a brand new one too. I've yet to see it, but I'm excited to see it. It looks nice. But usually the band would come onto the field with a video playing on the scoreboard. And Wait, when did they get this new scoreboard? Was this like recently evidently i think they were installing it in the like summer after 2020 yes yeah i think this summer yeah this summer i think they they i went down there and i i happened to see that the scoreboard was just gone they had frames by the stadium so i didn't see them put them in but i did see pictures of the first game this past thursday i think is when it was um brand new scoreboard much much bigger display they changed the lamar alt text to the interlocking lu at the top yeah. So it looks really, really nice. I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Send me a photo of that. that looks I will. Good. That sounds fun. Yeah. But on that board, um, we'd have a video that we'd play. And I th I don't know how I ended up doing the read of the announcer voice saying that, like, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the field the 20XX showcase of Southeast Texas. But that stuck and apparently, and that apparently stuck. And I've been doing that since 2015 so i think this year will mark the eighth year that i've done that yes the eighth year eighth year i've been doing that so that's kind of the extent of the speaking that i do really you have such a guest <laughs> speaking voice like thank I just, you like listen to your podcast episode alone like i just like <laughs> listen like you can read multiple like audiobooks like you could be like the audiobook speaker I've thought about maybe doing that for fun because it's like I know if I ever got yeah. the chance to like do an audiobook dubbing or do like a dubbing of an anime or something like that, an English dub, I wouldn't mind it. I think it'd be kind of fun <laughs> in truth. Yeah. Um, perfect voice. And thank you. Very articulate with it. Oh my gosh, John, just like <laughs> go run for president. My goodness. Oh, I won't be able to do that. That's president voice. That was a compliment that people gave me at work. It's that it's like, yeah, I, I, I see you doing more project management stuff just because mm. you're a really good speaker. It's like, I see you talking to customers about projects over talking about code. And yeah. why I, it'd be good for me to know code, I feel like. And because I know that would make, I, I'd make me feel more comfortable about yeah. interacting with the the main folks that are making the magic happen. Yeah. Still, it's like, yeah, I, I, I confess I like to talk. Um, yes, my, my parents yes. told me, just amazing. Just my parents amazing. told me that whenever I was born, um, I let the world know. <laughs> and so maybe I've just always been loud. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe that's very, the case. I don't know. <laughs> it's very respected. Like Is how it? you talk. It's just very respected. Like, it's just... I it's try just, to it, be. Yeah, you just embody. Yeah. Like, when you speak, it's just... You, I, I feel like... And if this doesn't make sense, let me know. I feel like you don't talk, you speak. I see that. 
I can see that. I think it depends on the on the area as well, because I can still engage in colloquial conversation with people. And right. I think sometimes it also depends, I think, on how far I'm. I've noticed, like, the further away I get from the mic, mm-hmm. I lose some of the low end when I speak. And so whenever I'm talking with somebody in the office, I may not sound like this. Mm-hmm. But whenever I get in front of a microphone, you hear the low end. It's like, oh, that makes sense. It, it's like I remember when I was in, um, in the summer of 2017, I interned with a... Uh, a nonprofit that sponsored the cadets drum and bugle corps but um there was a, a drum corps show in bethlehem pennsylvania that we were setting up and hosting and they asked me to announce for the show actually and so people in the office had heard me talk before but when we were doing mic tests in the early afternoon before the show started i did some test reads and the guys came down they're like I didn't know that was you in the box until you started saying some other stuff that didn't sound announcer like, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, so you're pretty good at this. And so yeah, I was like, it. it's fun. Yeah, I've heard you speak before. I remember I um, saw you at Lamar, and I heard you speak before, just like you were just casually talking. Mm-hmm. Um, you sound very similar. I will say that you sound similar than. As you are now on the mic, I feel like it helps. Both environments, you sound like a great speaker, and it's just like I don't know. It's just like the projection, and just it's just I don't know, John. Like I, just, I was a theater kid in high school. Now, I, I, now I, that's a little misleading because like I did crew for my first two years, and my last year I, w- I was doing a play. And they had me read a part for the play we were doing. And so I accepted it. Um, whenever I got offered the part, I was yeah. like, sure, I'll do it. And that was kind of the beginning of that. But I think I've always just kind of been loud in general to my to my fault sometimes. But nevertheless, it's always kind of therapeutic to kind of just project. So yeah, I don't mind I don't doing know. it. I don't really hear loud. I, you don't I hear loud? I don't hear loud. I hear confident. It depends on the subject. Um, it's like if, because I know I've been told even at work, it's like depending on some subjects, you can tell when you know what you're talking about and when you don't. <laughs> it's like when yeah. I don't, I kind of get pretty quiet or I get unsure of myself. It's like a deer in the headlights Dang. scenario. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's true. But yeah. when I know what I'm talking about, I tend to ramble and get excited about it. I tend to maybe overshare. I don't really know, but it's it's my vice. I, I like to I like to be loud. But I also like to be courteous if I can. It's like I'll project when I have to, but obviously I want to try to watch how I say things sometimes. Not to yeah. be, not to be, not to come across as too much or too strong. Which I think was the last thing we had talked about. Was times whenever you feel like you're too much. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, based off what you just said, uh, we're twins. Um, you're definitely <laughs> twins. John, what's your personality type? Just curious, before we move on to the next subject, what's your personality type? Yeah, Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. So I'm an INFJ, a T, I think. INFJ-T? I, I, INFJ, INFJ-T. INFJ-T, same thing. Yes. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that. No kidding. Do you know, you know, there's only 2% of us in this country, right? That are INFJ. That's what I've heard. Yeah. It's like we are in a minority, but we're also the type that kind of, we rub right up along against between an I and an E. So people think we're extroverted, but we're not. Exactly. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's, that is the nail on the head. And I have definitely seen that before. No kidding. Wow. Yes. I Small can world. Tell. I can yeah. tell. Like I, 
I just genuinely can tell. I can, I can tell. I can tell. Wow. I, I forget. And remind me again that the subdivision of all those letters. It's like, cause it's, it's introverted, um, introverted, intuitive, feeling and judgmental and turbulent. Is that what they are? The I is turbulent. Yeah. Um, I know that. Um, the dash T is turbulent. Um, and then J is judgmental, I think. I think so. As opposed to thinking, which is the T in verse, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, then working our way back, I N F. Uh, what is, is it? Feeling? I'm not sure. I mean, it would make I sense forget. if it's feeling, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. I have to look at. I was about to say, I'm not But you, but you got it. You got this. You got yeah. This. Thankfully, I'm on the Mac, so I can bring it up. Here, here we go. So INFJ is introverted, intuitive, feeling, judging. That makes sense. And then the, these personality types, I see um, Carl Jung, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Martin Luther King Jr. as three yeah, examples. We got some pretty, we got a lot of like notable names. I think so. And I, I read a longer list. I forgot who I saw on there, but I'm like, wow, I didn't realize there were INFJs. That's, that's pretty slick. I like it. Very, very <laughs> rare. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see it as INFJT. Um, mm -hmm. Or you'll see INFJ dash T. Just letting you know, it's the same thing, literally. Okay, that helps. Yeah, the, yeah that's suffix. the same thing. And I forget what the inverse um, suffix is. It's, it's turbulent, and then something else. I forget yeah. what the other one is. Mm. That'd be the one. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I'm getting so sorry about that. Oh my god. Twins to your point. Yeah. Very much. That's what the T also stands for. John and Josiah's twins. That's what that stands for. Yeah. <laughs> Turbulent but, uh, twins, T-squared. Honestly, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, it's good to meet another fellow uh, INFJ-T. I think mm -hmm. I can count the number on one hand of how many INFJs that I've met, just in general. Same here. Yeah, I mean, because I don't... I, I, I feel like... I think I've got a couple of friends that did um, the Myers-Briggs test, but I know none of them were INFJs. I was the only right. one who did. And so I was mm. like, I guess I get to be a, a cool kid in the sense that at least I was I mean, at least unique in that right. way but now i know that there's more of us so it's like yeah infj team woo mm -hmm. yeah you'll, <laughs> bring them on <laughs> we have a yeah Ooh, yeah don't get me started on that i can no. that's a whole episode we can go there i know <laughs> oh that's we can certainly can <laughs> because like we have some like we definitely have some like um quality i don't want to say bad qualities i would say um Qualities that I wish I didn't have. Yes. Yeah. You know, because it's like, I, though we have like a lot of great qualities, you know, we do. We have a lot of great qualities. You know, we also do hurt. Very easily. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know that's kind of like a surface level <laughs> statement, but, you know, for the sakes of the episode and of your time, you know, um, but from your reaction, it seems like you can understand that statement. Very much so, yeah. Because yeah. I know one of the things I think I've heard about INFJs is that they usually tend to more, be more empathetic among other personality types. And that's that's what I've always considered to be, I think, maybe a weakness, but also one of my greatest strengths. Because I, I look a lot at other people down to the level of like, how are they sitting in their chair? How are they oriented in a meeting? How do they phrase certain things? Like uh, the body language and also just gesturing, the word choice, mm -hmm. all that, I, I read a lot into that. And yes. while that's, there is a threshold of being excessive and that's where the worry part comes in. Yeah. But still, I also think that's good because it, it to me, 
it try to makes me put myself in somebody else's shoes and try to understand where they're coming from or how do I talk to them. And so I think that's, I, I, I think I've also read that INFJs tend to attract people just in general. Like they, they they seem to be very social people, but also empathetic. And while I'm probably not the biggest social butterfly that I've met, I've met bigger social butterflies than I am. But at the same time, the point still stands is that it's like, you can put yourself in somebody else's position. You want to hear what they say and try to understand them. I think we tend to internalize that though a lot to to the point of, of, of self-deprecating tendencies even. And I think that's something that even I struggle with because it's like, especially if, if you try to be, especially like INFJs in leadership, that can be challenging because like I know some people, we take that empathy element too far. And we feel like that if we don't meet the expectations of some people around us, that's bad on us. We have yes. failed as, as people or as leaders. And that's that's something that even I have not gotten out of yet. That was something that I've struggled with in, in every leadership position I've been in in my life. It's like, I want to help these people to the best I know how, but I don't always know the best how. And it's like, what do I do? I have that right to, to stand before them in that way. And and so, yeah, you see a lot of us fall under the realm. A lot of INFJ T's. I'm not saying other people don't, but a lot mm-hmm. of INFJs, um, we fall under the realm of perfectionism. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> a lot of INFJs um, also have a mild form of autism. Interesting. Um, or some form of neurodivergence, you think, as well? Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, but from what I, I can see that. research, what I've researched, mild form of autism. The thing about that is, um, is you know, uh, a lot of people who have ADHD mm-hmm. actually don't. They actually have a mild form of autism. The thing is, like ADHD and a mild form of autism, um, they often look so alike. Interesting. So. I found out that I don't have ADHD. I actually just have a mild form of autism. No kidding. Yeah. So I would have never once suspected that. To tell yeah, you the truth. Yeah, it's, it's either not, or. Hmm. I was saying either or, either ADHD or autism. I would have never anticipated that. Oh, I definitely could see the ADHD in me, but, <laughs> but it's just like yeah, it's definitely you know mild form of autism. So it's mm-hmm. uh, and we tend to. Um, um, folks with mild form of autism, we tend to talk a lot. Um, mm-hmm. we like oversharing? To, hmm? like they, they deem it oversharing, typically? It Oversharing does from, from, fall under the realm of talking a lot. Um, okay, I'm I see what you mean, yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, say what I've, um, but I'm, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm just gonna say what I've researched. I don't wanna like- That's good, yeah, cause, thing. cause I'm, I'm learning about it myself as well, actually. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I'm scared <laughs> to say the wrong thing when it comes You're to good. Like this. I'm, I'm scared to say the wrong thing in general, but when it comes to- That'll be fine. Like this, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be that'll be up to us and, and viewers to to make sure we can fact check and double to verify as well because i think yeah. i've heard i've heard differing opinions on because obviously you got a lot of people with different opinions there's there's some commonalities but everyone's gonna have their own take i think yeah. on their own experiments or their own observations to understand yeah. certain conditions as well but i also digress <laughs> yeah yeah but to your point what were you saying i'm so sorry i had to no you're fine i understand <laughs> i'm an infj <laughs> Yeah, we don't, gotta, we don't gotta apologize to each other. No, no. <laughs> um, 
but we're going to by default. That's just Let's just do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I have to go through like a lot of tests to, you know, figure out, find out that, okay, it is a malform of autism instead of ADHD. Um, I see. A lot of people are quickly diagnosed with ADHD because it's the easiest, it's the most known, mm -hmm. um, and they look a lot of like, you know, a lot of people, um, Asperger's and ADHD also look a lot alike. Interesting. You know, to a certain extent, but um, um, from what I did read um, when I was doing some research, you know, and now it's not like I've done like extensive, extensive research. So Nor have I. I. Nor have I. But it seems like folks with INFJ, folks who are INFJ who have who um, have ADHD, we're mo we most likely don't. We most likely have a mild form of autism. Interesting. And not ADHD. It just looks very, very, very much alike. And we also have, um, we also are extremely intelligent. I see. Very, very intelligent. Mm hmm So, fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love to use the new term that they're coming out with that they're normalizing more, ERD. Um, ERD. It stands for Emotional Regulation Disorder. I see. Um, and that's another term for BPD. Now, both, in my opinion, both um, Borderline Personality Disorder and ERD, um, Emotional Regulation Disorder, they don't truly capture what the actual disorder is. Um, I just think borderline personality disorder is more misleading than ERD. Um, and I've done tons of research on borderline personality disorder slash ERD. Um, I ha I'm diagnosed with it. Now, I see. I have healed and am healing so, so, so much with it. You know, I don't, I no longer do the whole um, I forgot what it's called. I can't think of it. It's on the, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, but it's where, um, I know it. I know it. Give me one second. Give me literally yeah, no one second. <laughs> I can't think of it. That's okay. I can't. No time do I not think of it but now. That's okay. But, It'll probably come to you at some point, maybe. There's a lot of like the um, traits that I really did not like about it that, you know, thankfully because of like, you know, therapy, I was able to, you know, um, heal through because I, I, yeah, I, but there are some traits that I, I basically, I got rid of all the traits that could like harm people. I see. You know, because what we would do is we would like, I can't think of the word, but we would just cut someone off because, um, what is the word for that? Uh, I mean, it obviously has to do with setting up boundaries, which is, I think normal healthy behavior in general. Um, it's a ghosting? word for it because it's not like cutting people off, but it, it's, it's like that, but it's just like a different context. Right. Yeah. Not, not just isolation. Context. Like it's uh, not just isolation, but uh, I, I've heard right now. Yes. Yeah. I know the, I've heard the term. Um, what is the word? I, I'm it's, blanking on um, that now, actually. It's, um, gosh. Ah, 
uh, uh, folks, bear with us. (laughs) Um, Ghosting, maybe? Let's see. Sorry, I'm I'm typing. It's something similar to that. Um, uh, Ghosting is kind of more like social anxious. um, They look the same cutting off ghosting. They look the same um, on paper, but like there's that. They look the same on surface. That's why. Right. But but the intention's different. It's like one is kind of a. I'm afraid to to talk to this person. Another one is like, this person is toxic. I must cut them out of my life in some way. Yeah. And this one, it's also dealing with, um, uh, and then the one with borderline personality disorder is, you know, in that intense fear of rejection or... Rejection sensitivity disorder, something like that. Because I've heard that referred to as well. Because I've heard that with BPD and Yeah. I'm, I feel like I've heard it too at some point, but I forget. <clears throat> it's gonna bother me if I don't like figure it out. I, I know. No worries. <laughs> John, can you go ahead and stall for us the best you can? I can do what I can. Let me think. Okay. So, um, uh, oh my goodness, let me think. And then we can always trim the section as well. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's funny because no I'm just putting you on the table. Yeah. Gosh. Um, oh, what is it called? Let it's think. literally on the tip of my tongue. Okay, what? Oh, wait, where's my... I'm going to look with you, actually. We can probably wait, trim this. section. Yeah, we can trim this section when editing. Let's see, cutting someone yeah. out of your life. Yeah, folks, while you're waiting, go ahead and reflect on the wisdom that John shared with us earlier. <laughs> there is a word for it. This is ridiculous. I cannot believe it that I don't... Splitting! Splitting. I've never heard that one before, splitting. actually. There we go. Splitting. splitting. <laughs> wow. Wow. I hadn't heard that one before, actually. It was on the tip of my tongue. Yes. Splitting. Um, um, now, splitting involves a multitude of things. All are mm-hmm. in splitting. But one of the ways is it's a person having di- difficulty to ac- accurately assess another individual or situation. Um, that's leading to us thinking that this person's gonna abandon us. Um, it can also lead to intensely polarizing view of others, for instance, either very good or very bad. And that's one of the aspects because, I mean, that's one of the um, branches of abandonment. Now, it's gotcha. not saying that BPD, that all people with BPD have that, it's just saying that it's highly common. But mm-hmm. um, I currently, thankfully, for like, years now i haven't you know i that's finally away from me um good thankfully right um mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i've been diagnosed with bbd and i i all the parts that are you know that would affect others such as splitting you know that's all gone thankfully um i still got a few parts that are oh, just lovely that's okay. <laughs> They're just lovely towards me. They're just. I lovely. have my yeah. I have my own emotional deficiencies as well. That's the way I call them. <laughs> That's probably not the best word to use for it. But I mean, they're they're characteristics that get in my way and have hindered me. I think um, in a lot of aspects of my life as well that I still am working through. That I feel like I should be past at this point. But some things you can try to mitigate them as best you can. But like the fear of rejection and the fear of abandonment, like that's even if. It's strange. Like there are times in my life where I've never really, I've never been abandoned, thankfully, per se. But there are things where 
I I act as if I'm afraid of being abandoned or some yeah. way. It's strange. It, it, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's like even though I know, it, it's it's like if I mm-hmm. if I make a mistake in a project or I make a mistake in a performance, like a community band or something else like that, I I have this feeling in, in that I worry. It's like crap i screwed up are they going to view me any differently now right. and, and it's almost rejection like- is a form of abandonment and that's the cool thing about well not cool thing that's the <laughs> thing about like bpd it's like mm-hmm. not everyone who has that fear of abandonment was abandoned growing up i see yeah so it's like yeah they're not exclusive to each other um or now my tongue is getting twisted so that's okay. it, it's not like someone has to be abandoned for them to fear it. It's right. Yeah. It's so complicated, complicated. Yeah. Isn't it? It's it can affect everybody in different ways depending on how they yeah. what how they grew up or how people interact with them as well. And it, it depends on what it is. But I do know like even in like whenever I I say whenever I'm working on things or perform things and I screw up and I feel like I mm-hmm. failed um, the group, if I if in a way, I, I, I observe looking back that I tend to acknowledge my mistake, even if people compliment that I did well on something like that. Yeah. But I wonder if the reason why I do that is because I instinctively am trying to to garner some type of validation like, or to assert. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, I made this mistake. I know I made this mistake. Maybe just to try to... to to retrieve a, a validation or a validating right. comment so I to, mm-hmm. to say it's like they haven't abandoned me and it's like yeah. I don't want to say that I spend my life trying to garner comments or compliments right. from people I don't but I, I also want to feel like I that even though I failed that I still matter or like exactly. I, I still here I still want to help and and so that's mm-hmm. maybe where some of that behavior comes from 100%. maybe and yeah. our perfectionism doesn't help with that, does it? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And you might get hyper fixated on on perfectionism that's misguided. It's like you think it should be one way, and so you just tend to hyper focus mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. But in reality, somebody else has a much better, a much more intuitive mm-hmm. solution that is instantly better, mm-hmm. and that's what we go with. So you didn't have to be so worried about it before. And then I feel stupid. It's like, crap, why did I yeah. spend so much time fixating on something and looking like a fool in front of these people that I'm trying to yeah. to, to, to prove that I'm not incompetent, that I actually can execute what I've been asked to do. But it, it depends on the yeah. people. But that, that's, that's something that I've learned. Um, and John. thankfully engineers yeah engineers have helped me learn that thankfully that yeah. generally while you can hyper focus on something generally an engineer's job is to find a better way and so it's trying to separate the the illogical fears that come from just trying to perform well and try to be accepted in wherever in the the group or the place wherever you work mm-hmm. the natural logical inclination of of us as people not just engineers but everybody and so they're great mentors to learn from in that way. John, are you okay with coming back for part two? Yes. Yeah. And we, if you want to film part two right now, I've, I've got time. So I can't okay. do that. Up to I you. I don't because I procrastinated my assignment. No worries. I have like, I have like, um, I, yeah, I don't have too much time to film another episode. How about that? Right. Yeah. Um, cause I have, uh, something at five and then I got to start back on my assignment. I don't want to do that assignment. I'm going to be honest with you. No worries. I'm not <laughs> I, a I don't always do either type of person, but I have to do that assignment. Okay. So I'm going to no start worries. recording folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of vulnerability time. John will literally be back. Um, we're going to like schedule another part, uh, yeah. I mean, another time to, you know, 
talk about um, it's okay to not owe everything um, and easy to receive, bad, hard to receive, good, and mm -hmm. I care what people think. Um, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hearing more about that, especially the I care what people think, because I actually yes. found something beautiful about that. Nice. Yes. And yeah. I'm not going to forget because it's been on my mind randomly and it made me stop like seeing that as a weakness in me mm -hmm. that I care what people think. Ooh, suspense, folks. I guess we'll find yes. out truly what that means when John comes back. Okay, I'm going to end the recording, John. You want to say bye right. to everyone? Yep, sure thing. Yeah, John oh. will be back. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next time as well.